The Honor and Remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country, and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. There's been an odd shift in human behavior over the last 15 plus years. A sense of entitlement. A constant need for attention. Ironically coupled with the need to be left alone. A desire to be treated the same as everyone else. Stupidly combined with the mindset of, I'm special, so treat me accordingly. Introducing the book, Amateur Nation. The decline of common sense, manners, and social skills. The second edition. Inside, you'll read The Amateur Mission Statement. The 30 Truths About Amateurs. The Four Stages of Being an Amateur. Amateur habitats and history. Social media plus me, me, me equals amateur. Technology and amateur behavior. With dozens of real funny photos, weird signs, and laugh out loud real life accounts and actual conversations vividly showing how us pros are surrounded by Amateur Nation every day. Download the expanded second edition of the ebook Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second expanded edition, available now. Be a pro. Go to Amazon. Type Amateur Nation. Warning, the podcast you are about to hear is often based on true events and people. It chronicles the dialogue and actions of random, anonymous, obnoxious, self-entitled, unintelligent, self-centered idiots, attention whores, ignoramuses, dolts, clods, nimrods, douches, weirdos, drama queens, overly sensitive crybabies, and people who think they are better, more important, and special than the rest of us. In one word, amateurs. It's Amateur Nation with Lou Santini. He's a comedian. They don't know how to do anything. Ugh, rude. We call attention to and call out the amateurs. The people who are doing life wrong. The speed bumps of life. The people that are in your way every day. The unintelligent, obnoxious, attention-whoring, self-entitled drama queen victim types who chip away at the moments of your life due to no self-awareness, common sense, manners, or social skills and are disturbing the flow of the pros. Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation. It's not just a podcast, it's a movement. Amateurs usually don't make it. Well, hey, I'm on the fifth season, and I've got a book on Amazon that tries to wake them up. They don't want to listen. They'd rather cower in their safe spaces, sucking their thumbs. In the meantime, pros march on. This is episode 229, Boycott Woke Companies. As always, fans first. Shouts out to Mallory Trillo, Jeff Craig 2224, War Vet's wife Jessica, Dave Benedict, The Bluest of Skies 2, Jim E. Thomas, Haley Martin, Everywhere 4671, Heather Wagonhalls, Eliabi Santos, Brittany Elizabeth Welsh, Patrick Madison Jokes, Dragulantis, Art.IDW, and Dominic Mastraco following me on Facebook at at Lou Santini Entertainment and at Lou.Santini3 on Instagram. Also want to say hi to Simply Sam, Nancy, Kirby, Vanessa, Reba Van Valkenberg, Shannon Wardlow, Robin Johnson, and Prolific Utility. Checking me out on SoundCloud. 
Here is your post of the week by Scott Gear on Facebook. As he put it, here's some sensible gun logic. And this show is all about common sense and logic. Here's the post. Number one, 11 teens die each day because of texting while driving. Maybe it's time to raise the age of smartphone ownership to 21. Number two, if gun control laws actually worked, Chicago would be Mayberry, USA. Number three, the Second Amendment makes more women equal than the entire feminist movement. Number four, legal gun owners have 300 million guns and probably a trillion rounds of ammo. Seriously, folks, if we were the problem, you'd know about it. Number five, when JFK was killed, nobody blamed the rifle. Number six, the National Rifle Association murders zero people and receives nothing in government funds. Planned Parenthood kills 350,000 babies every year and receives $500 million in tax dollars annually. Number seven, I will have less of a problem with vigorous background checks for firearms purchasers when and if the government will apply the same standard to immigration, voter ID, and candidates running for office. Number eight, folks keep talking about another civil war. One side knows how to shoot and probably has a trillion rounds. The other side has crying closets and is confused about which bathroom to use. How do you think that would work out? And number nine, a man who left 300,000 guns for the Taliban is lecturing folks on gun control. Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Perhaps you had better start from the beginning. Step one. Topic number one. It's time for This Week in Boycotts. Bud Light sales down, what, 28% as of this episode? The North Face stock down almost 4%. Adidas is taking financial hits thanks to having men posing in women's one-piece bathing suits. Chick-fil-A is facing a backlash over their DEI, that is diversity, equity, and inclusion crap. Target is getting their ass kicked with their stock losing $10 billion and counting in a week. In value, department store chain Kohl's also has Pride Month merchandise, including a Baby Sonoma Community Pride bodysuit set designed for three-month, six-month, and nine-month-old kids, and that has their stock dropping. Sidebar, why do Target and Kohl's feel that adults need validation from babies and kids? Why would you want to associate sexuality with underage kids especially babies. In today's world, we celebrate our differences. Yeah, and that's the problem. Tolerating and accepting differences, good. Celebrating differences, bad. Huge time suck. Pointless and divisive. Pronation. Let's just say you and your friend go out for a pizza. You want pepperoni. Your friend Once they're vegan, gluten-free disc of sadness pizza. Yay, plants. But you're friends, and you pick your battles. So, get this. You each get your own pizza and have a nice lunch together. Maybe you make fun of their choice, and when you do, your friend tells you to go fuck yourself, and then you continue with your friendly lunch. In Amateur Nation, if you're getting pizza with an over-emotional feelings-fueled amateur, they not only get their vegan gluten-free punishment, they scream at you for getting pepperoni, cry when you say you don't like vegan pizza, make you watch them eat that happiness-delete pizza, and you must cheer them on while they eat it. Or else you're a dick. And they'll tell all your friends you were mean, and then tell your boss, and you lose your job. (laughs) 
Oh, he's serious. Why can't people just have differences? Be different. Hang with those that get you and respect those that don't. But the world must celebrate you? What makes you so fucking special? Your feelings? Your pronouns? What you're pretending to be today? Eat shit. And I do try to look at the real world, pronation, from the amateur nation point of view. Let's say you're an atheistic, overweight, trans person of color. Yeah, you're definitely different. Then you throw in your precious anxiety and you got yourself one special person. And as that atheistic, fat, trans person of color surrounded by religious, conservative, regular-looking folks in the movies, TV, and sports that don't cater to your less than 1% of the population may indeed seem like there's no place for you. I am different. I am proud of it. Get used to it. Woo! So, as an amateur, you have two choices. Choose your battles and adapt to society, which is run by a law-abiding, actually tolerant majority that will only judge you based on your actions, work ethic, abilities, and how you conduct yourself in public with common sense, good manners, and social skills. Or, or, keep doing what you're doing, find your niche, your clique, your group, the people who do indeed get you, and... Shut the fuck up! You don't get a day, a week, a month, a parade of celebrations just because you chose to be on the fringe of society. I respect that you chose to not be average in certain aspects, but you don't get special treatment, consideration, and advantages because of odd, or in many cases, unconventional choices. I admire your honesty. Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and fuck my sister. Does being an atheistic, fat, trans person of color mean you're a bad person? Only if you act like it. Mind your own business? Pay your unjust taxes like the rest of us? Don't expect a handout? Work hard? Have good moral fiber and character? Want to be judged on your performance rather than the color of your skin of which you had no control? Then pronation won't have a problem with you. And now, in addition to men infiltrating women's sports, men's sports are under attack. The L.A. Dodgers. L.A. Welcome to satirical LGBTQ plus group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence at the team's annual Pride Night. This article from Forbes.com. The Los Angeles Dodgers recently issued an apology and reversed its decision to revoke an invitation to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a charity that uses religious-themed drag from its Pride Night after facing backlash from local politicians and other groups set to appear at the event, some of whom threatened to pull out if the sisters weren't included. The Dodgers will host its 10th annual Pride Night June 16th, featuring activities before and after the team plays the San Francisco Giants and honors LGBTQ organizations and advocates. The Los Angeles chapter of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a charity that raises money for LGBTQ causes and performs in drag dressed as nuns, accepted the Dodgers' re-invitation and will receive the Community Hero Award in honor of their community service and promotion of human rights. The Dodgers previously announced it would remove the sisters from its honorees citing the strong feelings of people who have been offended by the sisters' inclusion. The conservative Catholic advocacy group Catholic Vote, 
among the fiercest critics of the sisters, accused the group of anti-Catholic hate for dressing in sexualized perversions of religious garb and demanded that the Dodgers rescind their honor, suggesting that all baseball teams cancel Pride events. Senator Marco Rubio also called for the sisters to be removed from the event, criticizing its members as men who dress in lewd imitation of Roman Catholic nuns. The decision to remove the sisters sparked fierce criticism from other groups affiliated with Pride Night, including L.A. Pride, which announced it would no longer participate in the Dodgers events. Okay, so... Go fuck yourself! The American Civil Liberties Union of Southern California also pulled out of the Dodgers Pride Night, and the Los Angeles LGBT Center demanded the event be canceled unless the organization reinvites the sisters. Yeah, and... Go to hell! Good riddance! The article says the San Francisco Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence chapter voiced its offense and outrage at the removal of the Los Angeles chapter on Thursday, alleging that the Dodgers capitulated in response to hateful and misleading information from people outside their community. Oh no, not offense and outrage. I don't care. The article concludes by saying the Dodgers pledged to work with our LGBTQ plus partners to better educate ourselves and credited thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities for their decision to reinvite the sisters. Okay, Louisa May, go play your ballerina ball. Just leave your penis in a bucket. In other words, you cave to a small group that normally doesn't attend nor supports your business. Maybe you're not getting the joke. We get to dress like girls and act like girls. It's funny. You know what's funny? None in this group of drag queens would dare just walk into your home or your business and be able to make demands and steamroll you. But a huge organization like the Dodgers and Major League Baseball caves under woke pressure. Seems odd, no? Fun fact, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have raised more than $1 million for LGBTQ causes. Well, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. In San Francisco alone in its first three decades of operation. Wow, that's almost $2,800 a month for 30 years. What a huge audience reach. Wait a minute, you're being sarcastic. Another fun fact, three-time luggage thief Sam Britton was the former Washington, D.C. chapter leader of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And we see what a quality human being he turned out to be. He's a sissy. By the way, gay men and women go to and do indeed watch baseball. And guess what? They're not excluded. Never have been. Attendees' sexuality was never an issue when you get your ticket ripped at the gate. The difference is, straight people don't enter Dodger Stadium singing, We love pussy! Or bring on the dick! You know, you guys ought to watch it. Making fun of people like that, you could hurt their feelings. Let me run a care check. Nope, not getting any readings on my carometer. Notice how everything woke is attacking institutions. Education. Beer, women's sports, men's sports, religion, 
I have a solution to end this woke crap, and it will send a more powerful message to those companies that pronation is now boycotting. Remember Disco Demolition Night? No? You're too young? Allow me. An article from EDM.com covered it best. On July 12, 1979, a fun Major League Baseball promotional event quickly devolved into the most infamous and controversial event in disco history. In the late 1970s, dance-oriented disco was one of the most popular music genres in the United States. Films like Saturday Night Fever influenced the music scene, while artists like the Bee Gees, ABBA, Casey and the Sunshine Band, and Donna Summer became repeated record plays for many. While disco provided the fun, novel outlet and style of dress to many people, it sparked major backlash from fans of rock music. Critics at the time often feared that the rise of disco would quickly lead to a decay in rock after disco albums dominated the 21st Grammy Awards in 1978. Here's where it gets interesting. When Chicago's WDAI-FM switched from rock to disco and DJ Steve Dahl got fired in 1978, the moves sparked a paradigm shift. Quickly hired at rival Chicago rock station WLUP and playing off the publicity surrounding his firing, Dahl created a mock organization called Insane Coho Lips, consisting of his group of anti-disco listeners. After the Tigers-White Sox game at Comiskey Park was rained out, and rescheduled as a two-night doubleheader on July 12, 1979, White Sox owner Bill Veek and his son, appointed promotions director Mike Veek, had bounced ideas about what the low-attendance season would see for fans. While the Sox hosted a disco night two years prior, the idea of hosting an anti-disco promotion struck interest. Partnering with Dahl and his team at WLUP, Disco Demolition Night was promoted far and wide across Illinois, promoting to fans that anyone who brought a disco record to the ballpark would be admitted for 98 cents to watch the albums get blown up in between the doubleheader games. After weeks of promotion, the baseball team, Dahl, and the radio station weren't prepared for what transpired that night on the baseball field. The doubleheader ended up selling out at a capacity of 50,000 people with 20,000 disco-hating fans outside the ballpark who later stampeded the entrance. Boxes of disco records were overflowing, encouraging fans to bring their records to their seats. The first game was stopped several times after fans threw records, firecrackers, empty bottles, and lighters onto the field while the stands were decorated with thousands of Disco Sucks banners and marijuana smoke. After the loss of the first game, Dahl took to the field to commence the explosion and kill off the many disco albums that were brought as sacrifice. Setting off the explosives, a large hole was torn into the field as remnants of thousands of disco records billowed into the air. The event took a turn for the worst as 5,000 to 7,000 fans rushed onto the field inciting a mass riot. Some climbed the giant foul poles, the batting cage was destroyed, bases were stolen, and a huge bonfire raged on the field. Chicago police arrived on site with full riot gear, dispersing the unruly fans and arresting 39 people for disorderly conduct. With the field completely destroyed, the White Sox were forced to forfeit to the Tigers. 
The days and weeks that followed included harsh news headlines and public criticism of the event. It was said that the debacle triggered a nationwide expression of anger towards disco music and its fan following. The popularity of disco music declined significantly in the years after the incident, with record companies beginning to label new albums as dance music. Why did I bring up this story? We need another disco demolition night, this time destroying products made by woke companies. Why doesn't Pro Nation in Los Angeles make a drag queen nun in effigy and put it on public display and say, throw holy water on it? Or pretend to preach the Bible to it? Or yes, blow it up? Easy answer. Pros have lives to live. We're busy, you know, working, raising families, making real contributions to society. Pros have less free time. But I will say this. It's time for pros to stop reacting to the actions of Amateur Nation. Stop playing defense and start going on offense. And now this. And now for step two. Topic number two. From the people who brought you tolerance. From RedState.com, New York City professor gets axed from Hunter College after holding machete to New York Post reporter's neck. No, hell, it ain't gonna be good. Shalene Rodriguez, a Manhattan College professor, has been fired from Hunter College after holding a machete to a New York Post reporter's throat and threatening to chop him up. The incident took place when the reporter for the New York Post knocked on Rodriguez's door at her Bronx apartment following a separate caught-on-camera scenario where Rodriguez destroyed a Students for Life of America table display. After the reporter identified himself, Rodriguez made threats from behind the closed door before storming out of her apartment and putting the blade of a machete on the reporter's neck, then retreating back inside and slamming the door. Rodriguez then followed the reporter and photographer outside, still wielding the machete, pursuing them down the street, and kicking the reporter in the shins. This violent incident unfolded after another video went viral showing Rodriguez verbally attacking pro-life students at Hunter College who had set up an information table in May. In the video, she could be heard cursing at the students and accusing them of offering propaganda. In the video, Rodriguez says, This is bullshit. This is violent. You're triggering my students. False. I refuse to let go of the fact that Amateur Nation classifies and categorizes speech that they don't like as violence. Remember the old silence is violence nonsense? What, because it rhymed? And likes are bikes and smiles are trials. Whatever, Dr. Seuss. I will say this one is accurate. Race baiting is hating. By definition, violence is an action. A physical action put forth against another. It's right in the Oxford Dictionary. Violence, behavior involving physical force intended to hurt, damage, or kill someone or something. And in law, it's defined as the unlawful exercise of physical force or intimidation by the exhibition of such force. Calling you a name is not the same as striking a person, no matter how strong your feelings are. Oh, your little feelings party didn't work out, huh? Who won the hugging contest? No, let me guess. Everyone tied for first. The article continues. Then the professor begins to toss the pamphlets and destroy the display while saying, get this shit the fuck out of here. Fuck this shit. 
In addition to destroying pro-life student displays and putting machetes on the neck of journalists, Rodriguez has a history of organizing movements such as Decolonize This Place and Fuck the Police from 2019 to 2020. Video emerged of Rodriguez interrogating and intimidating an independent reporter in January of 2020. That's going to be awkward at her next job interview. So, why did you leave your last employer? YouTube, at Lou Santini. Facebook, at Lou Santini Entertainment. Instagram, at Lou.Santini3. Truth Social, at Lou Santini3. Every Thursday is Sneak Peek Thursday on all my social medias. And in 60 seconds, you'll know what's ahead on next week's show. Accurate bookkeeping matters. On topic number three, next. Hi pros, Lou Santini here, host of Amateur Nation. My dry bar comedy special, Amateur Nation, is now available. And just like this show, if you're allergic to a lack of common sense in today's world, and you like your comedy delivered with uncompromising tell-it-like-it-is bite, then check out my half-hour comedy special, Amateur Nation. Go to drybarcomedy.com slash S. This is my way of saying thank you to the pros who listen to this show every week. Drybarcomedy.com slash Lou S. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast, it's a movement. The honor and remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country, and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. All right, now step three. Topic number three. Hit me! Accurate bookkeeping matters. BLM is going bankrupt. But at least all the money you donated went to improving black communities. All that crime is way down. Scholarships are flying out the window. And look at all the new jobs for black people in cities like Baltimore, Detroit, Minneapolis, L.A., San Francisco, and others. From blackenterprise.com. Your headline, Black Lives Matter on the Brink of Bankruptcy. Called out for shady finances. Here's the article. BLM's Global Network Foundation ended the financial year with $8,559,748 while still owing millions to organizers and relatives of co-founder Patrice Cullors. The New York Post reports the filings highlight how the nonprofit recorded revenue of $8.5 million, more than half of the $17 million the organization spent. Colors quit last year after financial scrutiny, but her brother, Paul Colors, is currently the only salaried employee as of last year, getting nearly $125,000 plus $15,000 in other compensation for security. His security firm, Black Ties LLC, was paid much more than that, $756,330. A new team member, Shalamaya Bowers, who replaced Colors, has also been accused of mismanaging money. In a lawsuit from outside sister organization Black Lives Matter Grassroots, the group accused Bowers of blazing a path of irreparable harm to BLM and transferring millions to his firm Bowers Consulting. 
The group claimed instead of using the donations for its intended purposes, Mr. Bowers diverted these donations to his own coffers. I now will pause for five seconds to allow for outrage from black people and other BLM supporters who burned down cities and peacefully protested so that they can go burn down the mansions and businesses of the people in power at BLM who embezzled and squandered all of their donations and exploited their own race for personal gain. What the hell kind of country is this where I can only hate a man if he's white? BLM was called out for its financial woes by Adam Coleman, a black New York Post columnist on Fox News. He referred to its business practices as incredibly shady and compared it to the controversial transactions to those of Hunter Biden. Just as shady as Joe Biden's son in Burisma. Coleman told Fox and Friends first host Todd Pirro, basically it looks like they're funneling money to either their family members to possibly get it themselves, but the entire situation looks incredibly shady. That's the most fantastic story I've ever heard. How can you make up a thing like that? What do you know about it? I know it's time to lighten things up a smidge as we eat from the a la carte menu. Legendary actor Al Pacino, age 83, has knocked up a 29-year-old. I'm sure he's looking forward to his kid's graduation when he's 101. Toss the old pigskin around. You're never too old to be stupid. Attention Instagram models, he said in quotes. Did you audition to be a model? You have an agent? Are you doing jobs for various print or television clients? You have a call time? Do you have to sit for hours on set getting your hair and makeup ready? Do you take direction from the photographer or director? Do you have to maintain a certain weight and level of fitness? Do you have to wear what the client tells you to wear? No? Then you're not a model. You're taking pictures and video of yourself at home on your own time. Even if you have followers and now you're an influencer and you've monetized your page, being monetized does not make you a model. Oh, this just in. Lizzo says she's close to quitting music over comments about her body. Maybe it was something I said on this podcast a couple episodes back. Lizzo said, y'all don't know how close I'd be to giving up on everyone and quitting and enjoying my money and my man on a fucking farm. Well, yeah, instant access to beef and pork. And maybe if you be quitting music, you'd be spending more time learning to talk gooder. She went on to say, y'all speak on shit y'all know nothing about and I'm starting to get heated. Hey, fatty, you are fat. (laughs) Funny how Keith Richards has endured decades of jokes and comments about his drug use and his appearance. See also David Crosby, Madonna about her weirdness, appearance, and botched plastic surgeries. Cher, Jessica Simpson and her weight issues. Sarah Jessica Parker's horse face comments. Michelle Obama being a man. Kelly Clarkson's chubbitude, Megan Fox's weird thumbs, Charlie Sheen's craziness and drug use, Jonah Hill's battle with up and down weight. What do they all have in common? None of them threatened to quit show business because their feelings got hurt. Welcome to show biz, lardo. Do you have any idea how you look? When I see someone's social media comment, do better. I instantly think douche. Time now for three pro things. Three things that are done right. 
This episode was harsh, wasn't it? Number one. What happened to women's sports? Girls' sports are a joke. Sadly, nowadays, that's true. While I don't watch any women's sports, it's absolutely important for young women to be involved in sports at a young age. Studies have shown that young people in general, male and female, young people that participate in youth sports get into less trouble, they have better grades and better mental health, they're better working in groups and being part of a team, and if it gets them a scholarship or helps them become better leaders in business, all the better. And of course, a handful of women do indeed go pro, or at least to a higher level. Tennis, soccer, and the never-watched or attended WNBA. And don't forget about the Olympics. Enter former ESPN reporter Charlie Arnold, who recently slammed her former employer, WNBA player Brittany Griner, transgender swimmer Leah Thomas, and retired professional soccer player Megan Rapino during a recent interview. In a recent interview with the Daily Mail, the 35-year-old sports broadcaster and TV personality revealed that, quote, for five years, I couldn't be my true self while working for the sports television network, and I'm done holding back, offering opinions on several controversial athletes. Arnold criticized Brittany Griner, who spent nearly a year detained in Russia for saying it was a crime not to allow biological men to compete in women's sports, saying... Brittany Griner should be very thankful that she wouldn't have had that obstacle leading up to this point because she might not be playing in the WNBA if she would have. Might? How about not at all? She'd just be another player, not the stand-up that he is. I know what I said. Arnold went on to describe Leah Thomas, a biological male who identifies as transgender and competed on the University of Pennsylvania's women's swim team as the biggest bigot that I have encountered in recent times because Thomas is forcing the swimmer's own beliefs onto other people and saying that if you don't believe in this, then you're a hateful person. You, Thomas, were a mediocre athlete in terms of male competition, and then you decided that you wanted to jump up the ladder and enter into the women's competition, she added. You were built differently than a woman. Here comes the logic that Amateur Nation just flat out ignores. Why? Because it doesn't affect them directly. She said, anyone who tries to make the argument that there is a gender spectrum, you can believe whatever you want, but science will tell you, the DNA will tell you, there is a man and there was a woman. I don't care how you want to identify at ground zero, that's who you are. The broadcaster felt similar about Rapino, who she blasted for supporting the rights of biological males who identify as transgender to participate in women's sports. Suddenly she's turning around after she retires from playing for the national team and says, I totally believe that males should be able to play with women. She's promoted equality and women's rights and the ability to be able to share in their success that is almost completely the opposite to what she's put forth, Arnold said. She's not wrong. Not one little bit. Number two. When I lived in Los Angeles, I either co-produced, hosted, or headlined fundraising stand-up comedy shows for a great nonprofit that benefits our men and women serving overseas in the Middle East called Operation Gratitude, working hand-in-hand with its founder, the tireless Carolyn Blaschick. Their mission? Very simply, 
sending care packages to individual soldiers serving America to wherever they were deployed. In fact, I was honored to be able to help assemble those care packages as they were on their way to their one millionth package. That was many years ago, and since then, Operation Gratitude has mailed more than 3.8 million packages filled with assorted items and handmade goods to military service members, veterans, and their families worldwide. Packages have gone to Syria, Iraq, Kosovo, South Korea, Kuwait, and other locations, and they bring a bit of home to those who sacrifice their time and safety for the listeners and host of this show. I know in this inflation-plagued day and age, donating money can be a bit of a stretch, especially when many organizations aren't trustworthy. But if you'd like to make a donation to this tax-exempt public charity that's been around for a long time that I've witnessed and worked with firsthand for many, many years and have seen the good they do with my own eyes and what they do, their operation and the good they do, go to operationgratitude.com. Operationgratitude.com. And number three. Earlier in the show, we talked about boycotting woke companies, and recently a pro-Trump rap group released a song called Boycott Target, racking up 3 million-plus views. The group, made up of Forgiata Blow, Jimmy Levy, Nick Natoli, and Stoney Dudabro, recorded a song with lyrics about retail giant Target, targeting your children with satanic and sexualized goods. Here's the best part. They shot the video at a Target store where LGBT pride goods are on display. So here's the song. Here it is. It's called Boycott Target. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Tentinal shoppers, tentinal yeah. shoppers. Yeah. Twice, they've been with a Satanist. 
You can download that song on iTunes for 99 cents. And at the time when I downloaded it, it was number one on iTunes charts. Subscribe to at Lou Santini on YouTube and Truth Social. Follow me on Facebook at Lou Santini Entertainment and at Lou.Santini3 on Instagram, where I'm not a model. No Amateurs t-shirt if you contribute to the show. Lou at LouSantini.com. I send some out almost every other week. Catch my Drive Our Comedy special, Amateur Nation. DriveOurComedy.com slash L-O-U-S. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast. It's a movement. Remember, amateurs, we see you. You're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini, and this has been a big, major production. Cut, cut. That's it. Go home, everybody. None of this ever happened.